and welcome to Walk and Talk and Happy New Year. This is a podcast, as you all know, that is dedicated to health and wellness. And so I hope you're out for a walk or doing something to support your health as you listen to this episode. Because today we're going to be talking about motivation, systems, habits, and how to create sustainable changes in our lives. This episode is going to be different in the fact that I'm not leading an interview. I'm going to just be sharing with you some things I've learned over my 20-year career in the field of health and wellness. And when we think about health and wellness, I think most of the time we're thinking about the knowledge, nutrition, physical activity, sleep, stress, tobacco cessation, and things like that. And knowledge is really important, but you can have all the knowledge in the world and still struggle if you don't understand how behavior change works. And admittedly, I was actually doing this wrong as a coach for many years. I started out my career in the Army Wellness Center as a health educator, where I had all these incredible tools available to me. And I had all of this knowledge that I wanted to share with people. I wanted to tell everybody what they should be eating and how much they should be exercising. And I could do these incredible assessments. I could do a VO2 max test and I could tell you exactly what your heart rate training zone should be and how long you should stay in that heart rate training zone. And I could do a metabolic assessment and I could tell you exactly how many calories you needed to eat to reach your weight loss goal. And I could even give you a meal plan that would be in that calorie range. If you would just eat this food, you would lose weight. And the interesting thing is that after doing that job for, it was probably about a year that I was telling everybody what they should do and in a very nice way, obviously. But what I found was that after doing that for a period of time, I realized that people weren't actually creating the change that they wanted to see. And I, as a health educator, I'm blaming them. Like, I don't understand why these people won't just change. And what I learned was that I was going about it all wrong. In my education, where I was learning all of these things that I needed to know, the most important thing that we should have been learning, should have, was about human behavior and how to actually help people create the change that they want to see in their lives. And so I've started investing a lot more energy into the psychology of behavior change and habits and motivation. And that's really what I want to talk about today is how do we use this motivation to actually create the change that we want to see in our lives and make it lasting? It really comes down to human behavior and making small, sustainable changes that can last over the course of time. So I'd like to start with talking about motivation. When we think about the new year, motivation tends to run pretty high this time of year. That's why you're seeing ads if you have social media or when you go to the store, you're seeing fitness equipment planners, books to help us declutter our life, juice detoxes, diets, because our motivation tends to be pretty high this time of year. And our desire, our our hope, and just our connection to the, the idea that, the, that change is possible is very high this time of year. So that's a good thing. And we don't want to just let this feeling pass us by and We also don't want to create these huge lifestyle changes that we can't sustain, like like taking out entire food groups or, you know, completely changing your lifestyle all at once. We know this is not a sustainable way to create change. The smaller 
the behavior that you focus on, the more likely you are to create a habit that's going to be sustainable over the course of time. So again, that motivation is really important, but we need to have more than just motivation to create the change that we want. We've got to figure out how to create systems and habits to support the things that we want to achieve. One of my favorite quotes on systems is by James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits. It's an international bestseller on this topic. He said, you will not rise to the level of your goals. You will fall to the level of your systems. When we think about a system, it's a it's a series of many small behaviors that create sort of a network. And you can think about your morning routine or your bedtime routine sort of as systems of behavior that we sort of follow the same exact pathway. We do the same things in the morning. We do the same things in the evening as we prepare for bed. And all of these things sort of combine, create a, a network of behaviors that you know guide our health. And when we start to become consciously aware of our systems and the individual things we're doing within those systems, that's where we can change. So I want to give an example of a system that I'm working on changing, and that is the clutter pile that is by my front door. And so again, this is something that I want to, to I want to have a clear space by my front door. And if you have a clutter pile, you can relate to this. <laughs> you know, we have, you know, this is one section that everything sort of collects. And when we think about like it starts to get too big, I spend time and I clear all of it out. I figure out what to do with each of those individual things. But if I don't create a system to change and, and redirect the things when they come in the door, it's going to be right back to, to its old behavior, to the old clutter, you know, very quickly. So then I have to consciously decide when I walk in the door how to handle every single thing. You know, where do my shoes go? Where does my bag go? Where do these pieces of mail go? Whatever's coming in the door has to be a conscious decision for a while until each of those smaller behaviors then become habitual. And then I don't have to think about it anymore. And then over time, we start to eliminate the clutter pile because we have created these small habits that create a bigger system that allow me to be clutter free. I don't change that system, then I'm gonna continue to have that clutter literally will continue to build up for the rest of our life. And so we have to take that motivation and then decide, wait, what system am I gonna work on? How am I gonna change these habits? So let's dig into habits. Habits are things that we do without consciously thinking. They're subconscious behaviors. And we are consistently doing habits and we're not usually aware that we're doing them even. The way we drive, the way we drink, the way we walk, the way we flip on a light. We don't have to think about it. Even when you think about sitting down at your computer, you hit Control-Alt-Delete, you didn't have to think about it until you changed that password. And now you've got to consciously think of it, what is my password? I just changed it until that becomes a habit and you don't think about it anymore. Individual habits that we have build our health over the course of our lifetime. Someone told me once a long time ago, I don't know where I heard this, but it has really stuck with me. If I eat one salad today, it's not going to make me a healthy person. And if I eat a cheeseburger today, it's not going to make me an unhealthy person. So that one decision does not change my life. But if I habitually eat healthy food every day 
or I habitually eat unhealthy food every day, even in a 30-day time period, it's going to change who I am. It's going to change my health. It's going to change my numbers when I go to the doctor. So we really want to start thinking small rather than big. And an example might be instead of thinking about, I'm going to change everything I eat, maybe I'm going to change one meal that I eat every day. What do I eat for breakfast every day? If I could eat a different breakfast every day for a year, that's going to make a bigger difference than changing everything for a week and then just going back to my old patterns. And so again, these small changes that we create add up significantly over the course of time. So according to James Clear's book, there are four stages to a habit. There's the cue, the craving, the actual behavior, the the action, and the reward. And so I want to sort of break these down one at a time. And when we think about establishing a new habit, we want to create a cue. Versus if we want to break a habit, we need to start recognizing what is the cue? Why am I doing this in the first place? So let's think about a habit that we all have, and that is brushing our teeth. Brushing your teeth is something that you most likely do without having to think too hard about it. It may seem like a conscious decision, but you didn't have to put brush my teeth on your list of things to do when you wake up in the morning. So I want you to think about this morning if you've already brushed your teeth. um, Hopefully everybody's brushed their teeth already today. At at what point did you brush your teeth? teeth? Is it before you drink coffee? Is it after you drink your coffee? Is it first thing in the morning? Is it the last thing you do before you start going, you know, before you leave to go to work? For most of us, we have a really distinct place in which that goes in our morning routine. And so we have a system that allows for us to do this behavior every day. If you if you lay down in bed at night and you forgot to brush your teeth, I'm going to guess you probably like, oh, I forgot to brush my teeth. I got to get back up. And that's because of this cycle, cue, craving, behavior, reward. Interestingly, and this is going back to a book that I read by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. He talks about how brushing our teeth wasn't always something that people did. It's something that um, really going back to the 40s, it was a public health issue. You know, people didn't brush their teeth. We had really bad dental hygiene until Pepsodent came out with this commercial um, that said, feel that yellow on your teeth, brush your teeth with Pepsodent and feel refreshing clean. So they established a cue, feel the yellow on your teeth. You're probably all feeling that on your teeth right now as, as you're walking or whatever you're doing. And then, so there's the cue and then there's the craving. Wait, I want to get the yellow off my teeth, whatever that craving is, that desire to move. Then you brush the teeth and what Pepsodent did with, that was different was they put mentholatum in their formula, which gave us a refreshing feeling after we brush the teeth. So you started to feel a reward. The more people brush their teeth with this Pepsodent, with this refreshing feeling afterward, and now mentholatums and literally every toothpaste, you get a refreshing feeling afterward, it starts to create a loop, this, this cycle, cue, craving, behavior, reward. The more you repeat that cycle, the more ingrained this habit becomes, and it starts to become something that we do, that we don't have to think about, that is just part of our everyday existence. But when we think about behaviors like physical activity, which let's face it, I mean, it, it you get a reward from doing physical activity, but it takes a whole lot more 
uh, energy, time, and commitment than doing something small like brushing your teeth, which is going to take you less than two minutes that you get this reward for. And so when we're trying to create a new habit, like I'm going to start being more physically active, for instance, if we say I'm going to be physically active for an hour, quite often that's too much. That's going to be way beyond what is comfortable for us. And we're going to eventually burn out. We're going to fizzle out. We're going to not have motivation to continue at that level. So the key to creating this habit is to start with something small enough that we can enjoy it and then we can start to build upon that over the course of time. It's going to give you a feeling that is a reward, like I'm so proud of myself that I just did that thing. And it's going to make you get those endorphins and you're going to continue to do it because you want to, not because you're forcing yourself to do it. And then it becomes, again, this loop, cue, craving, behavior, reward, cue, craving, behavior, reward, something that we don't even have to think about anymore. And as we do these small, tiny behaviors, these, and James Clear talks about how every habit we have is like voting for the type of person we want to become. Every action that we do that you know moves us in the direction of our goals, of our overarching goals, is going to help us to become the best version of ourselves. We start to identify as the person who you know, goes out for walks every day. Or maybe we start to identify as the type of person who eats healthy food when they go out for lunch. And it starts to essentially become who we are. So that's the next piece here is understanding mindset. And mindset and identity, these are things that are subconscious, you know, things that we don't necessarily think about, but that very much drive our behavior every single day. And so taking the time when we are feeling this motivation to really sit down and think about what type of person do I want to be, you know, can be a really useful tool in establishing that identity that's going to support you in whatever your goals are. So an example of a mind shift would be when we say, you know, for example, if you were trying to quit smoking, you could say, I'm quitting smoking. Or you could say, I'm a non-smoker. Being a non-smoker means you identify as a non-smoker and you're going to be less likely to smoke because that's how you see yourself. Another example of this would be, I'm a person who eats healthy foods. What would a healthy person eat right now? Instead of, I'm on a diet, I'm trying to lose weight. You know, those are not directly related to our identity. And so if we can start to see ourselves as who we want to be, future self, we're going to be more likely to align with the behaviors and to create the habits that can create that person in the long term. I think about this when I'm driving in a parking lot, trying to look for a parking spot. Like this was something that just popped into my head the other day. You know, I am a person who enjoys physical activity, and so I'm going to park further out. I enjoy walking, you know, instead of I'm the person who wants to be close up, you know, how do I identify and create the behavior that connects to that? And so think about who you want to be. What are the behaviors that align with that? And use this motivation that you have in the new year to help propel you toward your goals. So as you move into the new year, a couple of action items. Number one, think about the type of person you want to be this year. What is your motivation drawing you toward? Then think about the systems that you would like to put in place 
to really be the best version of yourself? And then what habits are within that system that you need to really work on to create the routines and a network of behaviors that's going to get you there? All right. So motivation, systems, habits, and identity. These are all important pieces as we move into the new year to keep in mind as you're establishing your plan. I hope you found some of this information interesting and useful in your own life. And if you want to dig a little bit deeper, I hope you'll connect with us in the month of January. We've got several webinars on various topics related to health and wellness. We're featuring David Yebra of TDCJ. He's going to be talking about developing a powerful vision, which goes right back to what I was just talking about with identity. And then I'm going to be leading a whole webinar, a one-hour talk on the science of habits. It's called One Degree of Difference. And then we've got the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas team who is going to be leading a webinar on uh, basically an overview of all of the wellness benefits. So if you're really looking for change and you want to know what resources are out there and available to you, please check out that one as well. Get Fit Texas Challenge is coming up starting on January 10th. I hope everybody here is participating in the challenge already or is signed up for the challenge. And if you haven't checked out the calendar, we have daily fitness opportunities available through the Get Fit Texas Challenge Challenge calendar. You'll see 15-minute workouts, uh, morning check-ins. We've got 30-minute yoga classes, there's a 15-minute foam rolling class, there's strength training, there's cardio, there's Zumba, there's all kinds of different opportunities for you as a state employee to connect with other state employees across the state of Texas to create these sustainable habits. And um, and, I, and we do know that the, the connection is one of the most important things that we can do for our health as well. So I just want to say thank you for all you do for supporting the state of Texas um, I love my. I love having any opportunity to hear from you. So if you have thoughts, comments, or feedback, please feel free to email me. I'll be putting registration links for all the information that I just talked about in the show notes. So check out the show notes, and I'll see you, or I will talk to you on the next Walk and Talk podcast. Take care, everybody.